0: Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to a very special five-part podcast series on the Hughes, Hubbard, and Reed Fall 2019 FCPA and Anti-Bribery Alert, which was recently released. In this five-part podcast series, we take a look at five separate areas that are touched upon in the alert. They include an overview of the alert, the USFCPA component the French developments in anti-bribery, anti-corruption enforcement and compliance programs, multilateral development banks and their role in the fight against bribery and corruption. We conclude with a review of anti-bribery enforcement in Brazil, along with Brazilian authorities' embracement of compliance. The alert is a significant piece of research But more importantly than simply listing cases, it gives you a deep dive into the analysis of both anti-bribery, anti-corruption enforcement, but also policy announcements by regulators and other uh, commentary from countries outside the United States about the state of compliance and where it's going going forward. In this concluding episode five, I visit with Salim Saud on developments in Brazil over the past year. This special series on the Hughes-Hubbard Fall 2019 FCPA and Anti-Bribery Alert has been a special production of the Clients Podcast Network. Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox back for another episode in our overview of the 2019 Hughes-Hubbard FCPA Alert. Today I have with me Salim Saud. Salim is with Saud Abogados, a Brazilian law firm which is associated with Hughes-Hubbard in Brazil. Uh, So, Salim, uh, first of all, thank you for taking the time uh, to visit with me, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: Um, One of the, I think, key themes from this decade of FCPA and greater anti-corruption enforcement has been the truly global nature uh, in both the expansion of investigations and enforcement. And I would have to share with you that I think Brazil has really taken the lead in that Uh, starting with Lava Jato, but also uh, expanding beyond that. So uh, every year, Salim, I'm quite intrigued to see where Brazil has been, where they have gone, and perhaps where they are going in the future. So with that uh, somewhat long-winded introduction, I was wondering if I could ask you, what did you find to be some of the key anti-corruption enforcement highlights from Brazil over the past year?
1: Um, I think that the uh, prominent role that CGU has taken... As you know, uh, in Brazil, we had the MPF, the Public Prosecutor's Office, generally taking the lead in, in the enforcement arena. Uh, in the last year, we had um, uh, a, a significant um, a presence of the CGU in the enforcement uh, scenario as well. CGU has uh, uh, entered into 11 leniency agreements, uh, five of which in 2019. Um, and also, uh, CGU was for the first time, um, uh, part of a settlement, uh, uh, of a global settlement. Uh, until recently, we only had settlements that included the MPF and the US authorities. Um, this year was the Technip FMC uh, settlement. We had CGU um, uh, as, as a signatory uh, uh, of the agreement from, from the outset, and, and that's uh, certainly a game-changing um, uh, um, uh, settlement because uh, uh, it shows uh, not only that CGU is now ready to, to uh, participate in the negotiations with the with the DOJ and the mcas uh, but it also shows the, that the the market recognizes CGU's relevance and uh, um, uh, authority in uh, in entering into, into these settlements.
0: So if I could perhaps turn the uh, focus just a little bit uh, to the following: uh, What, if any, were setbacks to, to anti-corruption enforcement in Brazil in uh, over the past uh, year?
1: Sure. Um, last year, we we had a decision for, from from the Supreme Court that. Uh, uh, suspended the sharing of information between um, uh, the the agency formerly known as coAF uh, it's now known as the unit of uh, financial intelligence um, and the the investigation authorities they basically have access to bank information from from uh, 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 from uh, uh, citizens uh, and that's information that is provided by the banks uh, um, uh, uh, under uh, anti-money laundering laws, and uh, uh, until recently, until until uh, uh, July of this year, uh, the information uh, was uh, uh, shared with the investigation authorities. Uh, there was a decision by the Supreme Court in June that suspended that that uh, sharing of, of information, and that made a significant amount of um, uh, um, of, of the investigations uh, be brought to a halt because they were all uh, based on information that was provided by this agency. Um, just recently, a few days ago, uh, the, the Supreme Court uh, decided on the case, and uh, uh, the decision was that the information can be shared. So uh, um, even though there was this suspension in the investigations, um, the expectation is that all of those uh, uh, investigations that were suspended will now resume and we will expect uh, uh, more enforcement in the next few years.
0: Salim, many of the listeners to this podcast are compliance officers in-house in corporations, so they're always um, eager to learn more and hear more about when the enforcement agencies, um, the CGU or the AGU or other Brazilian enforcement agencies, talk about corporate compliance programs and how they're going to be evaluated. I was wondering if you could talk about that in the context of Corporate settlements uh, under the Clean Companies Act, and perhaps where you see the importance of corporate compliance programs uh, going forward.
1: Of course, um, the the CGU has always uh, provided some guidance to to the market on uh, what is expected from uh, um, from companies in terms of uh, compliance programs. Um, just recently, about a year ago, they published um, uh, a manual for assessment of uh, compliance programs, and that manual is, is actually provides a, a an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, and by the way, the, the the folks at CGU, they are uh, uh, they have been improving their processes over the years, and uh, uh, they uh, have standardized uh, um, assessment methodology for pretty much everyone. So that gives a lot of uh, um, certainty on how your, your program will be uh, assessed by, by them. And they published this Excel spreadsheet uh, with guidance, uh, basically uh, stating all the elements that they would like to see in a compliance program. And uh, um, that uh, uh, that is obviously meant to be used in, in settlements or, or in administrative proceedings, um, uh, but that's a a great guidance for uh, all compliance officers that are setting up their programs, or, or maybe just assessing the programs, just to see how the authorities would see them. And uh, um, this has been a, a, a significant value for of significant value for uh, everyone that works in in the field.
0: Salim, is that something that you're able to have discussions with your clients about this guidance and how it could be put into effect, and more importantly? How the regulators will uh, use? Let's see if I can get your words, uh, the assessment methodology. If a company comes under investigation,
1: yes, uh, it's it's uh, a very clear um, uh, methodology uh, for the assessment, and um, we we actually perform that for clients pre- uh, preventatively. A number of, I mean, the law. Um, does not require you to uh, uh, have a compliance program, but it has a number of uh, uh, requirements. Should you should the companies opt to have a compliance program, um, and one of the elements of this uh, uh, that the law uh, establishes is uh, the uh, periodic review of the program. So uh, something that we do for some of our clients is is basically uh, uh, review their programs. Based on this uh, assessment uh, uh, spreadsheet uh, pub- published by the CGU, and that that allows them to understand whether uh, uh, they would meet the requirements uh, 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 that the regulation expects to see, or whether they will be lacking in some of them. And to tell the truth, not not all clients will want to to. Uh, 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 to to have the investment uh, 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 to to meet all of the requirements, but at least they will know where they will have a a lower assessment and where they will have a a higher assessment. And and that has been very helpful for for compliance officers to understand if they really need to improve their program or whether their program uh, meets uh, most or, or at least some of the requirements.
0: Salim, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with Salim Saud, with uh, Saud Afogados in uh, Rio, a law firm associated with Hughes Hubbard. We've been talking about the uh, update to Brazilian not only enforcement, but also compliance programs in, as reflected in the Hughes Hubbard 2019 FCPA alert. Salim, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode in our special five-part podcast series on the Hughes Hubbard Fall 2019 FCPA and Anti-Bribery Alert. I've linked to it in the show notes, and I would urge you to check it out, download it, and read it at your leisure. There's a lot packed into it. And of course... Best of all is the price, which is it's free. The special five-part podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.